As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. We're just sitting here having fun with each other, waiting for you. And tonight it's me and Denise and Joel and Maxime, and I want to welcome all of you to Home Group. Thank you so much. It's good to be with you guys. Maxime, it's good to be with you. The same here. Maxime, a lot of people comment about you, and they enjoy you being on Home Group. Thank you. They really thank do. you. Thank you. There's and kind of a Maxine fan club. Yeah, there is. Well, thank you. Hey, Denise, welcome to Home Group. Well, thank you, Rick, and Home Group, welcome. So glad to be with you. You know, when we get together on this set, it is so real. We talk about everything while we're waiting for you. And we're always so grateful whenever you tune in and join us. And Jesus promises that he'll be here. You know, it's important that we have a heart to learn. We have to have a heart to learn. And if we're wrong, we have to have a heart to be corrected. Who doesn't want to be better? We all want to be better. So tonight as we go into home group, I'm just saying to the Lord, Lord, take us higher, make us better. And I know that's the desire of Denise. And that's the desire of Joel and Maxime and me. And I believe that's your desire too. And tonight we're going to be looking at a very powerful woman because that's the series that we're doing in our regular TV program this week. It's called 10 Powerful Women. And it deals with Eve, Noah's wife. We don't know her name. We call her the unnamed woman that saved the world. Sarah, Jezebel, who could ever forget Jezebel, Bathsheba. Last night, Denise led us, and we talked about Queen Esther. And tonight, we're going to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. Tomorrow night, we're going to look at Mary Magdalene. Then we're going to look at another Mary, who was the mother of John Mark. And then we're going to end on Friday with Priscilla, who was a woman preacher. Hey, hey, hey. Many people say... Is it okay or not okay for a woman to preach? We're going to answer that question on Friday night. Priscilla was a woman preacher, and she was quite a preacher, and she was in the New Testament. So don't miss Friday night, but you should order the entire series, which I do in the regular TV program this week with Denise. And it comes with a great study guide, and the study guide's free, isn't it, Joel? That's right. Just go to renner.org, and you can download it, and it's free as long as we're teaching this TV series. And I think people are really going to like this. Oh, this, I'm telling you, this series is powerful. Denise and I enjoy doing this so much. And it's not just for women. It's for men as well. I mean, there are principles in all of this, like what we talked about last night about Esther. Surrender. Esther surrendered, but men have to surrender. Abraham had to surrender. I've had to surrender. And on the other side of surrender, there's always something magnificent waiting for us. Jesus had to surrender. And what did he see? He saw us in his future. But for us to become children of God, Jesus had to surrender. There's always something on the other side of surrender. And by the way, we're also offering right now on our website the book called All the Women of the Bible. It is very rare for us to offer a book written by somebody else. But this is really a wonderful book. It's a resource that you can use again and again and again and again. So you should order yours today. Now, Denise, some people have said, well, why are you just harping on women? Well, we're really not harping on women. We're taking these women that are magnificent examples. But in a few weeks, we're going to talk about 10 powerful men. We're going to get around to men too. But I want to remind you that if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, and we really believe that. We'll cry out to God in faith if we know how to pray for you. 
You got to let us know how to pray. God will answer, and He'll show you great and mighty things. Joel, I just want to. This is on a totally different subject, but I just want to tell you all. We recently had a church anniversary, and it was amazing. It was amazing. Just amazing. And Paul, my brother, he reported to the church that over 20,000 people have responded to the altar call. Over, th- over 21 years. I think that's just amazing. And if Isn't you're our partner, you're a part of that. You're a part of that here in Moscow, Russia. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And I just want to say thank you for supporting us. We're making a big difference together in people's lives. Amen. Well, let's go to our Bibles. Are you ready? We always use the Bible. And tonight, we're going to do a Luke chapter 1, and we're going to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. Are you ready for this? Mary, the mother of Jesus, and an original Pentecostal. Mary was a Pentecostal. And I want us to read some verses, then we're going to go back and we're going to go through them. But let's begin in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, we're going to come back to that, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Twice we're told in one verse that she was a virgin. Verse 28, And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. Why was she highly favored? Why? Why did God show special favor to Mary? We're going to find out why. The Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women, verse 29. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be, verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Now twice we read that Mary has found favor with God. How can you find favor with God? It's a very important question. Verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. This is very important because this was without the participation of a male. She was going to conceive in her womb. Isn't that amazing? And shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Verse 32. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then in verse 34, Mary asks a logical question. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be seen? I know not a man. She didn't say it can't be. She just said how. And you know, there are many times God's told us to do something. We didn't say no. We just said how. How sometimes is a very important question. And God answers that question if you ask it from a right heart. And the angel answered, And said unto her, in verse 35, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Verse 36, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. Verse 37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. And then in verse 38, Mary said, listen to this, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. The word handmaid is the word dole, which is the word for a slave. Mary said, I'm your servant, I'm your slave, I am here to do your bidding, whatever you want to do with me, here is my life. Well, God already knew that about Mary because he had been watching Mary for a long, long time. And what I want you to know 
is she was highly favored because God had been watching her. God chooses people for specific reasons. He doesn't just take names, write them on paper, throw them into a bag or into a fishbowl, shake them together like a lottery and pull out a name and say, I'll use this one. If God uses me or Denise or Joel or Maxime or you, it's because he's seen something in us that is usable and has caused his favor to move forward in our behalf. Mary had a life already, even though she was young, she had proven herself by being faithful, walking in holiness, and that's why she so easily said, I'm your servant. You can do with me whatever you want to do with me. Now, I want to say a word about her parents. We know that Mary's father was a scribe, and he was actually the keeper of the scrolls in the city of Sephoris, which was nearby to Nazareth. And Nazareth, uh, Sephoris is probably where Mary grew up. Now, later on, she moved over to Nazareth. But she had been raised in the Word of God. She had been raised in synagogue. Or in our words, we would say she had been raised in church. She had parents who loved God. She had parents who lived for the Word of God. She was raised in that environment. And because she was in that environment, she was trained to surrender to the Lord and to see herself as the handmaid of the Lord. And God was watching. And God saw Mary and he said, that's the one I'm going to use. But when you go back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it tells us another part of the story. And it says, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Let's talk about that word espoused. The word espoused means to promise in marriage. And among the Jews, there was a tradition that before you got married, you were espoused for about a year. You would make a proposal to the one you were going to marry, and that proposal was legally binding, almost as if you were legally married. It was legally binding. And in fact, it was so legally binding that if you wanted to break off an espousal, you had to go through a divorce. But during that year of preparation, you didn't have sex. You didn't sin, you didn't sleep together, you didn't live together. It was a time of holiness, and it was a time of preparation, preparing for marriage. And during that period of time, when she was a spouse to Joseph, but they had never had a sexual relationship, the Bible says in Matthew 1:18, before they came together, before they ever had sex, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And by the way, the word found is where you get the word eureka. It means it was a eureka experience like, oh my goodness gracious, look what has happened. This girl is pregnant. It was quite an alarming moment. And verse 27 says, she was uh, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph. Now twice the Bible tells us she was a virgin. And the word virgin can describe a woman that is sexually pure. It can also describe a man that is sexually pure. And both Mary and Joseph had lived lives of holiness. There's a reason God chose both of them. Then if you would look at verse 18, Matthew 1:18 again. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, so they're living in that period, before they came together, she was found of child of the Holy Ghost. That's just amazing to me. God chose Mary because her heart had been prepared. She had been raised in the Word of God. There are reasons why God chooses people. There really are. God's watching you. In fact, we're told in Chronicles that God's eyes are roaming to and fro in the earth looking for who can show himself 
strong to. God is looking all the time for candidates that he can be, that he can use. And Mary found favor with God because of the way she was living her life. And this girl, she was just a girl, probably between the age of 12 and 14 years old. But yes, she had been so trained and she had been so prepared that when the angel spoke to her and told her something just stunning, you're going to be pregnant even though you've never had a sexual relationship. You're going to be pregnant by the Holy Ghost. She said, how? But she didn't argue. And when the angel finally explained it to her, her heart was so receptive to the Word of God that she simply said, be it unto me. According to your word, I am your servant. God knew that would be her response, Denise. Well, all I can say is I want my heart to be like that, receptive. Yes, I agree. And say, yes, Lord, instead of arguing with the Lord or ignoring him. She could have ignored the angel, I guess, but she didn't. She listened. She took this amazing impossible miracle to happen inside of her. That's amazing. You know, I I did a whole series called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. If you have never heard that whole series, you should get that series. It is jam-packed with amazing things about the Christmas story. And one entire lesson is on why God chose Joseph and why God chose Mary. You should get that and you should listen to it. But Mary stayed with Jesus all of her life. And after the ascension, Mary was there on the day of Pentecost. Let's look at it. And when we come to Acts chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says that after the ascension, all of the apostles came to the city of Jerusalem as Jesus had instructed them to do, and they went into an upper room. And it says, Then returned they into Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Verse 13. And when they were come in, they went into an upper room where abode Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas, the brother of James. But wait, wait, wait. Look at the next verse. Verse 14 says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. They were there for a number of days with the women. Isn't that interesting? With the women. There was a vast number of women who supported Jesus' ministry, and they were also there in the upper room. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren, Jesus had four brothers. They were all there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. The word women possibly could refer to Jesus' sisters as well, because the Bible tells us, plural, he had sisters, so he had at least two. But the whole family of Jesus was there on the day of Pentecost. So Mary is quite a remarkable person. She was the first woman and the only woman to ever be impregnated by God. She bore the Son of God, and Mary was among the first women to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak in tongues. She was a Pentecostal. And the experience is described in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each of them, verse 4. And they were all, and the all, 
includes Mary, the mother of Jesus. I love to say this to Catholics, that Mary spoke in tongues. That always gets their attention because they want to know, is it all right to speak in tongues? I always say, well, Mary, Jesus' mother did. The Virgin Mary spoke in tongues and suddenly they're ready to speak in tongues. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God chose a girl between 12 and 14 years old to be the instrument to bring the Son of God into the world. She was a powerful, powerful woman, even though she was very young. Denise? Well, I was just thinking as you were talking about Mary and her being pregnant, and, and I birthed three sons. And, I'm one of them. And you're one of them, Joel, and uh, I'm so glad. And, um, and if I you're listening to me and you're a woman and you're a mother, you know what it's like to be pregnant. You, you, it's, a, it's a miracle happening inside of your body, and your body starts changing, and, and then you start feeling the life of that child inside of you. I was just thinking about Mary experiencing that. I mean, she'd never been pregnant before, and, and she had never had sex. And here is the Son of God inside of her. And, and how, how she, what did she feel when, like, the first kick, you know, inside of her? I mean, the baby moves in the womb. I, it's just a fact that Jesus inside of her was moving. He was real. And, and it encourages me, Rick, because we believe God for something. And when he starts to show us that he's doing exactly what he said he would do and that he's faithful, well, she was witnessing what was so supernatural for an angel to talk to her, the biggest miracle, well, I guess one of the biggest miracles in the world for this young girl and to feel the reality of it in her own body. I, that's what I think about. Joel, how much time went by from when Jesus died on the cross to whenever they collected in this room, the upper room? 50. 50 days. 50 days. So that's what Pentecost means. So that's, that's the amount of days. This, this was a big deal in Mary's life. Her firstborn son had just died on the cross. She was filled with faith. Everyone in that room must have looked at her, I don't know, probably felt sorry for her or something because her son had just died on the cross. But she was full of faith. And she was there expecting a miracle. And she had great experiences with God before. And she knew he was faithful. God keeps his word. And I believe that she, she went up in that room and she was expecting something to happen. Maxine? Amen. She was expecting something to happen. I, I, I'm just enjoying everything you're saying. Thank you, Maxine. You're so enjoyable. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for being with us tonight. Tells me that God can choose young girls. They can be powerful, powerful young girls. So go to bed and sleep well. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.